0: Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000, the brand-new ESPN Chicago app. Thanks so much for being with us. Don't forget to go to the YouTube page, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Also, Instagram and Twitter at uh, Wrestling TWT. Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Go to the website, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, as we have our conversation. And don't forget to download the Hoots Podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, 200 episodes of the Hoots Podcast cast, which is amazing, a great feat. I don't know if I'll be around for 200 episodes of TWT, but we'll see what happens as <laughs> <laughs> Josh joins me here on ESPN 1000. Josh, as always, I appreciate it.
1: Jonathan Hood, glad to be back here on ESPN 1000. Let's have some fun, my man.
0: Well, let's let's do that. Um, just a recap of uh, what's going on with WrestleMania. I, I've always thought this. That the number one focus for me as a wrestling fan, and again, my eyes are older than yours when it comes to this, is what's going on in the ring, and I just think that the the fans, even though it's great to you have fan support, the fans are not like what the fans were in the seventies or eighties when you really believed and you were loud, and as Jim Cornette says. Throw babies up in the air and and like getting really ups, you know really upset or really happy about wrestling, but right. the focus for me is what's going on in the ring because I I I can't say I ignore the fans but here's what's interesting you've been to Raw and SmackDown shows before where the fans are almost like Japan. Not, there's a buzz in the arena, but not necessarily cheering and booing like it was back in the day. So what's really the difference? <laughs> I mean, like, because because some fans are not going to say anything anyway, especially these Raw shows. And by the way, that's not necessarily on the fans. That's really on the creative and, and getting the the fans involved. So, right. and so my focus as a wrestling fan with these trained eyes is, man... The, the 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 wrestlers are trash talking each other, which I like. I like that you can hear what's going on in the ring. So as I can't say I'm not missing the fans, but I'm glad I can be able to hone in on what's being said in the ring and and just the 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 raw the raw feeling of the wrestlers in the WWE now.
1: Right, and I I can say that I tune out not only the audience at times uh, while watching these shows, I tune out the commentary as well, because my focus is on the ring, and the story at the end of the day that's most important was being inside that 20 by 20 ring, and some people could tell stories better than others. Uh, You know, we're talking about the New Japan comparison. You know, I was watching the match with Seth Rollins and uh, Kevin Owens over the weekend, and it would feel like while you're watching a J White versus Ishii match. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin Owens is Ishii, but he's talking, he's cursing and stuff in Japanese, you know? <laughs> that's the feel you got with it. Uh, if you can't really convey your story in the ring, that's, that's not a good light on you as a performer, whether you're having good creative or bad creative.
0: You know what's funny? It was funny to... Um, Watch some of the wrestlers, and not all, but just some of the wrestlers, try to relate to the crowd at the performance center, but yes. there's no crowd, and, and I don't, I don't um, begrudge them from doing that because this is how they were trained. They're supposed to focus on their opponent, then look in the hard camera, um, and so this is kind of what it is. It's kind of funny watching Nikki Cross try to clap her hands, trying to uh, support, uh, you know, <laughs> Alexa Bliss, and there's no crowd. <laughs> Uh, and it, it's okay. I understand it's what she's trained to do, but just understand, like you know, there is no second gear with some of these wrestlers because they only train one way. You would like to think, hey, well, I got another play in the playbook here. There's no fans, so I won't even look at the hard camera. I just focus on the wrestling. Um, and but this is how they're trained, so I get it. I mean, they they don't know any other way because they're so young.
1: As a force of habit, and I'm glad there wasn't any drinking games going on during WrestleMania because I feel for anybody that was taking shots every time Montez or Angel's and it's WrestleMania!
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> what what, are um, supposed to, what can they do? Like, this is what they're to do, right? Um, <laughs> you know what? what it's, it's, because it's WrestleMania and you have time, Josh, you have time. Cesaro and Drew Gulak was a kickoff show, and I'm disappointed it was a kickoff show because mm. you know that's a 30 minute classic or to you know on any other show, but they only had like four or five minutes, and I'd I'd hate to think that that's Cesaro's like WrestleMania moment <laughs> against Drew Gulak, um, but I I like those two in the ring. I like I wish they had more time, but you know this is kind of how Vince sees Cesaro as that he's just a bit player. And just not a guy that's going to be even mid card or main event status, and it it goes back to Vince talking to Steve Austin right on that podcast where he yeah. talks about you know Cesaro's a disconnect, he's got to grab the brass ring, all this nonsense. Cesaro is great, but he just won't get, you just won't be allowed to get over.
1: You know that that was a match that I thought. Could have and should have started night one. You look at the performance that Drew Gulak had um, at the Elimination Chamber um, in February against Daniel Bryan, and that how you no, it was actually in March. Uh, how good that match was. They, they, I, I thought they stole the show uh, for the last interview, and I thought Drew had the opportunity to do that on the main show. But um, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you see how wrestlers are viewed in Vince's eyes more times than not depending how long matches are or who you're paired with throughout the year and we all know how talented Cesaro is I always hoped that maybe he would move to just be part of regular part of NXT UK but um, yeah I guess I guess there's a need for him to be on Raw Smackdown but I thought more of a better business decision
0: would be for him to be a attraction for NXT UK don't you, if you're Triple H, don't you knock on Vince's door. And he goes, uh, Vince, uh. <laughs> it's Bruce Prichard's, uh impersonation of, of Triple H. But it's not like, Vince, uh, got a question. Uh, Cesaro, uh, you're not using them, right? What do you mean, pal? Vince, uh. Think about it, Walter. Ah, uh, against Cesaro. Ah, uh. I mean, in in I don't give a damn. Take him, pal. Like that. That's if if Cesaro was full time on NXT UK. Cesaro against Walter is box office, is it not?
1: Oh, uh, it's totally box office, <laughs>
0: dude. <laughs> that would just be unbelievable.
1: Cesaro versus Joe Coffee, box office.
0: Ooh, now you're talking. Now you're talking, man. Um, some of the matches that we didn't get to on um, on ESPN 1000 on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, we're reviewing now just some of the things on the yellow pad I have in front of me. Josh, uh, so King Corbin against Elias. Not much of a build. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not really, and I, I don't know what the future is in Elias. It, here, here's a question that no one's ever asked you. You ready for this question? Go uh. ahead. Can Elias work?
1: Uh, I mean, if you're if Disco if Inferno could be considered a worker, I mean,
0: okay, because because clearly, if Elias has always got the guitar, it's almost like you're hiding him because the guitar thing is supposed to be like a one time thing, but yet it's, a, it's an every week thing. Yeah. And, and so, like, I know King Corbin is one of the big the best heels in the company, and he's stuck in this thing with Elias. I don't know who that helped this match in WrestleMania. I don't. Not
1: only do I, I don't know where things are going with Elias, I don't know where things are going with uh, Corbin, because he he won the King of the Ring last year. He had that feud with Roman Reigns, and then he lost at the Royal Rumble. I don't know if it's something where he needs to make a transition to Monday Night Raw or something like that. Uh, I don't see him going after a world championship anytime soon, so... Um, uh, that was one of the few matches throughout both nights that had a Smackdown or Raw feel as opposed to WrestleMania.
0: Well, I don't understand, like, what Elias's purpose is if he can't work. Like, if he It's can't not work. the
1: hockey talk, man.
0: Right. Well, and hockey couldn't work either. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I won't say about Wayne Ferris. By God, he could work. Um... <laughs> John Morrison, Kofi Kingston, and Jimmy Uso—the latter match. You know, it's a it was a it was a good match, Josh. I just don't know. I guess if you're gonna have three athletic guys, that works. And John Morrison ends up winning uh, the match. And we should probably break this down a little bit more. The Miz was in California, right? And so he wasn't coming for because of COVID nineteen. What's his reasoning for not coming?
1: Yeah, he caught an illness over the taping sessions over the last couple of weeks So they decided to fly him out uh, back to California before they taped uh, WrestleMania last week Okay, what do you think yeah. of the match? I thought the match was good I This is not a slide on Kofi, but I would have had Big E in that match oh. Just had the little different variety of the wrestlers that are in that match um i thought it was a nice opportunity for jimmy uso to get a little bit of a spotlight what he could do honestly there's so much similarities with the usos obviously being twins so how can one can stand from each other from a wrestling standpoint i thought this was a good opportunity for jimmy to do that and i thought he maximizes tv time if you will yeah Um, (laughs) yeah um john morrison is a it's, it's insane, man. I, I, there's very few athletes could do a tightrope walk and do an avalanche Spanish fly at the same time. With no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. Um, you know, you can tell how happy he is to be back. And um, I, I thought that match was one of the better ones for night one. And... Obviously, this is an odd dynamic because originally it was supposed to be a triple threat tag match, but I thought they made the the best out of
0: their circumstances. Vince, uh, what are you doing with <laughs> Kofi Kingston? Uh? What do you mean, pal? Hey, well, he's from Ghana, West Africa. I want to put him on NXT UK. Uh. <laughs> I want to put him with Oliver Carter. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop. Whoop. Um... Let's go, uh, the twenty four seven championship. Could you imagine? By the way, a guy who actually is from like where is he from? Where's he is all... from? Ghana, West Africa. He is from Ghana, West Africa. For real, right? And then put him yes. with Kofi. Like, like, let me tell you what the accent's really about. Let me tell you what it's really like to be from Ghana, West Africa. Uh, that that'd be funny. Will you put the two West Africans together. Uh, um. The twenty four seven championship, you know, people can get so up in arms about little things. Mm-hmm. Like Gronk Gronkowski had to win something more than just being an awful host; he had to do something, right? So yes. for him to be the twenty four seven champion, well, that's well, that got to the bottom line on FS One and ESPN Sports Center, and just it was a highlight on Sports Center for Gronk to win. So that was for the media. I, I get that.
1: Yeah, I gotta give a shout out to Eric Bischoff for this comparison. <laughs> Grok was dressed up uh, in one of the suits that Pat Tanaka.
0: Yes, <laughs> Paul Diamond. <laughs> Paul Paul Diamond. Paul. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> he, he, uh, just, if you get to YouTube that, if it, anyone has not seen, that's right in my my wheelhouse there of the AWA 87 to watch Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond, uh, managed by DDP at the time, <laughs> the Paul Diamond jacket. <laughs> Um. Yeah. You know, you know.
1: You know. Gronk, Mojo,
0: and Simon Dean would make a mean faction. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. Um. I, I tell you what. You know. I mentioned uh, on our first broadcast, and again, you can go to the archives of TWT and go back if you missed. Um. Josh and I doing a breakdown of WrestleMania, and we're just going through some of the notes that we might have missed here. Even though Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair was my favorite match, a close second was Owens and Rollins. And even though I'm not a big fan of this Monday Night Messiah, boy, this is ECW in the past. They'd have to apologize for the religious whatever Raven said. I remember that. Remember when Raven had to apologize? Yeah. For putting was that Tommy Dreamer on a cross?
1: Yeah,
0: there there's a crucifying angle, yeah. Yeah, so they like if this is all ECW like Seth Rollins would have to apologize cuz th- <laughs> like this is come on Josh, come on. I mean, it, on, I man. mean it, is this is this Vince goddamn you look like Jesus. Is this is this what what he's got Seth Rollins in Monday Night Messiah, a godlike figure against um, Kevin Owens. Like I don't like the persona for Seth Rollins, but I thought that the match was one of the best.
1: Well, I think a lot more people would enjoy the Monday Night Messiah if you didn't have uh, Jerry Lawler reciting every line that Vince throws at him every time Seth Rollins is in a match. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It would probably get more heat that way, but um, I I thought that match, and also I I, I don't want to exclude that promo that Seth Rollins cut a couple weeks ago on Raw before WrestleMania. I thought that was probably one of the better promos from his career. And, you know, a lot of the build that went into this WrestleMania and thought for the opportunity for these wrestlers to speak from the heart, Kevin Owens as well in this match. I I thought, just going back to what we were talking about earlier, just the storytelling between both guys in this match was really good. And I thought this match benefited both guys. Um, Just getting to see Owens do that elbow drop off the sinus was insane. Um, Man... I, I, you think about it, and it's like, okay, maybe Owens could possibly go after the WWE title somewhere down the road, but what do you do with Seth Rollins
0: next? Yeah, like, so what is next for him if he's not the title pitcher? I just think that this Monday Night Messiah thing is just so underneath. I just think it, like, they, they are trying to find something to do, and they're trying to make Seth Rollins this godlike figure, and I don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean... He's Al Perez for for God's sakes! Like, like he's he, he is Al Perez. Uh, um, and by the way, yeah, check that out. By the way, if you've never seen Al Perez, the Latin heartthrob from the NWA, he was I mean they are almost spitting image those two. Except Seth is a way better worker, clearly. Um, There's the, there
1: needs to be a dark side of the ring episode on just wrestling's fascination with God.
0: Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I just, like, there's no new ideas. So like, you know what? You know what, God? You, you look like Jesus. Um Chip Cornell would definitely be a great uh, feature for that episode. He doesn't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. He doesn't care at all.
0: Um. So I want to go to the Boneyard match again with uh, The Undertaker against AJ Styles with you if I could. And I just, I, I, um, we come to find out. It's interesting to watch, but sometimes I'm interested in, in who puts all this together. And apparently, you know, the uh, our our guy, uh, Jeremy Borash, has something to do with this. I find that interesting that he has something to do with helping out with this. Uh, and a few others, right? Triple yeah, H.
1: The, the report was the NXT crew uh, from Triple H. I think they also said that Shawn Michaels was a part of it as well. So, um yeah, I could totally see that just with the way it was shot. Maybe you can get a similar vibe for whatever uh, empty arena match that we're getting with Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa on Wednesday. So, yeah, I think Jeremy Borash, <laughs> I'll, I'll hold that whole NEC crew had their fingerprints on it.
0: This could have been something. Man, I don't, I had no idea what a Boneyard match would be, but it's so primitive of some of the other stuff that WWE did back in the day, right? It'd yeah. be like... Um, They'd be in a position where they'd be in a graveyard or in some place like that. It looks kind of old, like during the days of like Paul Bearer and the Undertaker. But this seemed like like a like a cowboy movie from years ago, yeah. like an old John Wayne movie, right? The Shooters, uh-huh. something like that.
1: When he said the "Unholy Trinity," were you expecting somebody else to come out during the match?
0: Yeah. Um. I wasn't sure. I wasn't I, sure. I thought
1: there'd probably be a bad look for Mayor Kane if he came out and not practiced <laughs> social <laughs>
0: distancing. Mayor Kane, <laughs> it's like yeah, like the the brothers of destruction, like him him helping out. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. That would have been interesting.
1: <laughs> I saw Mick Foley's like, "Hey, can I be in the next boneyard match?"
0: No, you cannot, <laughs> sir. You're done. You're <laughs> like, done. Yes, do not come You're back. Gone now. I, I know he's sitting there like, wow, I wish I could be part of, like, no, you're done. That's enough. You know, anytime
1: time I see these cinematic things, um, I can picture Bret Hart in the background. Oh, four
0: out of ten. <laughs> four out of ten. It was good, but The Undertaker's the shits. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you can't work anymore. <laughs> God, I got... If people, have, if you're not seen, by the way, uh, Bret Hart on the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin um uh, sessions on uh, the WWE network. Yeah. He just you know, Brett Brett can't help himself, man. He's just gonna tell you what he thinks his truth is. Whatever he mm-hmm. thinks the truth is, he's gonna tell you. Like he, there's no reason to take a shot at the honky tonk man like he did. But he did. Why'd he do that? <laughs> Why? Uh,
1: <laughs> you know, he he, he laid I, I've heard some good burials of wrestlers before from Shoot podcasts and all that stuff, but the stuff he was saying about Goldberg as well during this interview was top tier stuff, pal.
0: Well, you know, not everybody's going to tell the truth, you know. Hey. So, and, and, and that, and I know it's, it's, I know. Listen, Brett, and I love Bret Hart, but Brett is he takes himself seriously, and mm-hmm. you like to have a lot of wrestlers to take the business seriously and their persona seriously, like Brett. Really believes he's a Canadian hero for real, for real, for real, um, and I think that's it's interesting because it's completely old school. It's almost like nineteen sixties thinking in wrestling, but this is who he is, and I, I like it because it's very unique. But God, just to, he took a shot at it. well, you understand Goldberg pretty much ended his career, so I can understand why he's salty.
1: Bret Hart will always be Bret Hart. I'm not gonna use the Vince McMahon line. <laughs> Screwed up. <laughs> Brett screwed Brett. <laughs> you know, I was watching. Um, I was watching the promos that Brett and Vince were having before they had their match uh, oh. for WrestleMania 26.
0: Oh.
1: There's like this one promo. Vince is hiding behind like a group security. That like, you deserve to be screwed. You deserve to be screwed. <laughs> I
0: said, yes. <laughs> it ends up being the worst. One of the worst matches in the history of WrestleMania. <laughs> it's like, I feel <laughs> that, bad that's
1: definitely 4 out of 10 <laughs> oh my
0: gosh it's one of the worst matches you've ever seen it's just amazing um, so anything else stand out about night 1 before I go to night 2 anything else that we might have missed
1: I have a line here from the uh, Boneyard match that I wanted to read really quick uh, it's, not, it's not really long uh, it said um, right here, this is from The Undertaker you going to hurt my legacy? Stay with me, boy. I-, I just loved how the, like, realism of the fight where the guys were just talking major you-know-what to each other as if it was a real fight. Mm-hmm. That-, that was something I really enjoyed about the border match. But here's the line right here. He's like, <laughs> um, you you brought a fight more than I give you credit for, buddy. <laughs> 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 like, he's putting AJ over big time before he uh, drops him in the grave. So I, I-, I thought... Um, I was I was just really happy for Undertaker, maybe a little sense of redemption. Obviously, the match was taped and all this other stuff that went on with the Boneyard match, but I I just think for him personally, the Mark Callaway, the man, and also Undertaker, the person, needed this type of match and the reception towards it. And um, it was a pretty cool night.
0: My um, the best line on that for me was "Please don't bury me" from AJ Styles. Please don't bury me. Now, think about that character, AJ Styles, today with the OC. And think about AJ and NTNA. Yeah. It's, 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 it's all about growth, man. It's about growth. Mm-hmm. It's about growth because the number one knock is AJ Styles is a bad promo. He can work by a bad promo. Okay, well, yeah, give him something to work with. So, they, so it was... He was going to turn heel under Eric Bischoff, right? And he was part of that faction with Ric Flair and TNA, and he was never comfortable with that because he never thought, saw himself that way. He wasn't that wasn't even close to who he was being like the next Ric Flair. That's not what he wanted to be. And so, you look at it now, and it's kind of like wow, that guy has really evolved into something special. But it it takes a while. You just can't just step onto a, an, on the stage uh, in wrestling and be like, that's the guy immediately. Uh, Very few. Very few. Even Kurt Angle. Even as great as Kurt Angle was where he got it, it still took him a while to kind of develop that personality. It's one thing to be able to just recite lines from Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara, but to really get into your character, that, I mean, it it took him a little bit, uh, but he got on the scene and he matched the wrestling with the promo and the personality. And same thing with AJ. AJ is the best that he's ever been. He's better now that he wasn't even in Japan, quite frankly.
1: He is. And it's a, it's a long cry from where he was, uh, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, where he had that weird affair ankle. That was oh. Going on. And... Dixie Carter, you know, I, I'm looking at these guys right now, like AJ Styles and Nick Aldis. You know, <laughs> Nick Aldis had to deal with Mickey James possibly being run over by a train nephew with James Storm. Yep. So now he's the real 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 world champion and <laughs> my favorite world champion in wrestling right now in the NWA and then you got AJ Styles going from this bad uh a fair angle and then he has like a mopey haircut <laughs> mm-hmm. like he's coming off of Sons of Anarchy before he leaves uh Impact and now here he is having a WrestleMania match with The Undertaker so uh <laughs> there was some progress and evolution for both guys that came out of, uh TNA thank god
0: absolutely absolutely in night two, Aleister Black took on Bobby Lashley, and Aleister Black looks like he's work. He's guess he's being paid by the hour based on the the match with Bobby Lashley, and then the match on Raw uh, this past yeah. Monday was like a ten segment match, um, which I'm really surprised. Shows you how short the crew is um, in in Orlando, but Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. So here's what's happening. Before our very eyes, we're going to see a breakup of Bobby Lashley and his "quote unquote" wife. You went went almost three or four months with this whole thing with Bobby Lashley and um, and and his new wife. What's his new wife's name? Lana. Oh, with Lana, right? And so, and this whole thing with Rusev, that whole love triangle. And so now it's Bobby Lashley. It looks like that. That's going to be a breakup based on what we saw on Monday Night Raw. But then I, I thought a really good matchup against Alistair Black.
1: Yeah, it was a good outing for Bobby Lashley, and you kind of, you kind of feel for the guy in a way because when he first was paired up with um, with Leo Rush, I didn't mind their uh, their little pair with each other. Yeah, I, obviously it was annoying at first, like Lashley, Lashley, but. Hey, it got heat. People reacted right. in a way, and whenever Bobby's just like a straight baby face, or he's just on, on his own, or doing silly stuff like this, it's just a disconnect. You know, you remember when Bobby Lashley was the world champion with Impact, and he was with American Top Team, and he had Dan Lambert talking for him. Man, you want to talk about heat magnets? Yeah, <laughs> Lambert's still a heat magnet in MLW. Mm-hmm. Jeez, uh, so. Um, I think the split is inedible. Um, you know, sometimes the WWE things go longer than they should, uh, especially this uh, Lashley and of pairings. So it just means Lashley get a second gear and we can actually finally see the real Bobby Lashley. I think that's the best for him.
0: Aleister Black is someone that wants to be, is getting a strong push in the WWE because he's different. I like it. Uh, I just like to see what the, the future is for Aleister Black because... He's had some really good matches. Now, what's the next gear? That's what we're waiting for.
1: I, I really love watching Aleister Black. Uh, I, I, Aleister Black was my favorite NXT wrestler before he came up to uh, Raw. And I was just... I'm very excited for his future because obviously he has a presence to him just through the way he carries himself in the ring. I love the theme song and the entrance. Uh, he's not a Bray White character where you can compare him to the Undertaker, but... Um I wanna see what what's the next step for Alistair Black? Like, can you have a real personal grudge feud with Alistair Black? Uh you're not gonna get any of these uh, medieval <laughs> unrealistic uh pocus games with Alistair Black, I don't think, but uh, <laughs> so I, I just wanna see what's next for Alistair Black. Is he a guy that you need to put a title on immediately or
0: you can Add more layers to what his character already is, you know? Otis takes on Dolph Ziggler. uh, And as you've talked about, you know, you really like to have a live audience just to have the reaction of Otis being able to get with Mandy. Um, But it's... (laughs) You know, I didn't even know this before listening to uh, the Bischoff podcast. I didn't know that Otis was a really actually great Greco-Roman wrestler. The guy actually can go, but of course he's in this silly gimmick that's not going to last very long. Um, but I, I think that it, I think this is the end for that rivalry, I guess, with Otis and Dolph Ziggler because Otis got his girl.
1: Yeah, it, it was crazy. Dolph Ziggler finally got it. It took Chris Farley <laughs> to get <laughs> Ziggler's first singles match on WrestleMania.
0: <laughs> yeah, is that his first for real? His first singles match? Yes. Oh my god! How 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 awful is that?
1: (laughs) You know, I I don't know. You know, everybody talks about how epic the moment was for Seth Rollins cashing his money bank briefcase. I was there for that in uh, Levi's Stadium for thirty one. But if you're gonna do the whole cashing with Ziggler on Del Rio the next night. in New Jersey. of to LaGreca, not New York. I don't want to pop a blood best right now. But like it, it Zigger was the mined bank contract holder at that time when he had like a tag match or whatever, some random tag match with Daniel Bryan and Kane at WrestleMania twenty nine. Why didn't he just cash the briefcase that night during that uh swagger del Real match, you know? Yeah. Taking it back on it now, but uh, uh, it was what it was, I guess. Bad
0: bad booking, pal. That's why. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of like Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler is one of these guys that I just think he's just comfortable in the position he's in. Like, there's, mm. there's so many. Like, you, I could give you 7 out of 10 wrestling fans that would say, yeah, you know, if Dolph wrestles someplace else, he would be the man. He'd be the World Heavyweight Champion. I just think that he considers this a joke. Like, he's serious about the profession. But just kind of like, look... I know what I can do. I have natural ability. I shouldn't have to be run over every single time that I'm in the ring. I, I shouldn't be in these dumb angles. But it's kind of like, yeah. you know, for, for him, it's kind of, Josh, Wyatt Dolph Ziggler's like into com, into comedy and being a stand-up comedian. Because it's kind of like, well, if I'm going to be a joke, I might as well just enjoy myself. It doesn't matter what program I'm in. I'm sure he's not even knocking on Vince's door. I think he just he's like, okay, what's what do you want me to do? Okay, cool. I'll be I'll be there. Because remember he was gone for like he was trying to leave for a year, but then I needed him because it needed you know, the, I guess there was a need for him to return so he could lose again and put someone else over. It's just like, you know, the start and stop of his career is just frustrating. It's just it's disappointing, but anybody else every it would be like, you know what, I want out of here. I'm a professional wrestler. I really want to be able to go someplace and show what I can do. I'll go to Japan. I'll go to the Indies. I'll go to AEW. I'll go wherever. But Dolph's kind of like you know, just pay me, pin me, pay me. He's like he's like Al Snow. Doesn't care. Seriously.
1: Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate because Ziggler's always been a good wrestler in my eyes, and he can speak for himself on the mic, but. I, I think you. I think you said perfect. I think he just got to a point personally and professionally where maybe he accepted what his role is going to be in WWE, and it's like he's in his late thirties. I, I thought Sig would probably be a benefit for being one of those guys that who knows, like a Christian that left for a couple years and then came back and had a better run before he retired. You know, mm-hmm. and um. You know, sometimes when you have wrestlers, they, they probably have bad creative and they want to leave WWE. Some do better than others. I mean, I think I, I still see Jack Swagger when I see Jake Hager mm-hmm. and maybe more of a serious tone that I see him in AEW. I, I love Brodie Lee as a wrestler. I just don't know. It's like it's, it's odd, not only with him being tagged with the Dark Order, but their group, their attention was on healing people. And then Brody Lee comes in, and it's just a Vince McMahon impression skit. Like i <laughs> i i want I want to see these other performers do well in other companies, but you need to form your own identity. <laughs> I I don't know what Brody Lee is doing, adding more publicity on his former boss. What what character does that for him in AEW?
0: Well, what did I tell you when AEW started? Do you remember what I told you? Yes, I told you, never, ever let the boys run your company. Don't. Boys and
1: creative it's a bad decision.
0: Just, yeah. no, but the boys, don't let the boys run your company. Uh, I.e. Kevin Nash, WCW. I.e. Jeff, uh, Jeff Jarrett in yes. TNA. Don't mm-hmm. let the boys run your company. If you don't have the final say, it's one thing to say yes, 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 yes as a boss, but at some point you have to have a vision. It's not the boy's vision; it's your vision. See, so mm-hmm. so, so it it will it will not come to 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 fruition now on April seventh. Let's take a look at April seventh, twenty twenty one, and see where we are. But right. but but that's but that's the that's the lesson. The reason why I know is because I've seen it. We've seen it as wrestling fans, yeah. Like Vince is the is the best at what he does, is because all for better or for worse, and sometimes it's worse, especially as of late. It all filters through him, but you yeah. have, but you cannot run a company with just, you know, with four or five different bosses or four or five different ideas. It has to be through one person. Tony Khan is a wrestling savant, cool, but if be as a wrestling savant, he can he can go into the archives of things that he's seen and be able to put it out on his programming now, meaning his programs, meaning there's um, there's certain angles that he wants to have portrayed again on his wrestling show. But see, the thing is, is that when the boys come to um, the table and say, this is what I want to do. And you say, yes. Okay. Now you put it on TV. Now it's kind of like, okay, so who is this for? Are you trying to pop the boys or you're trying to pop the audience? You're trying to pop YouTube or you're trying to pop TNT. There's a difference. There's a difference. One's ratings and one is clicks. What's what's yeah, what's, what's your what's your company for? Is your company for ratings or is it for clicks? That's the question.
1: Right. <laughs> there's a difference from popping Twitter and popping uh,
0: television ratings. That's why you don't see me pop Twitter very often. Yeah, because <laughs> because because I'm because I'm here for ratings. See, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Right. But clicks don't get me paid. Um, uh, ratings do, from from my business, so you know that it's a longer conversation. But just you know, um, I just know you had to take a size size swipe at AEW. I don't even know what we got there. Uh, but uh, but anyway, nonetheless. (laughs)
1: That's making the comparison of how other other wrestlers go to different companies.
0: (laughs) Oh yes, that's how we got there. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, Dolph Ziggler. Um, you know, it he just similar to Randy Orton. I get my point was like with Dolph Ziggler and Randy Orton like, they're getting paid a ton, and sure, there's plenty of money to be made in the WWE, but it's just like, you know, what like, pin me, pay me, you know, just like you know, Dolph Ziggler could go to AEW now and light it up. He can go to any of these other uh shows and just be the man. He can go to Japan, but it, and but Dolph is just they're just not going to put him in that position. And whatever heat in the back, and it's not like John Cena's back there, or whatever, you know, uh, issues that um, Dolph Ziggler's put out there on social media or interviews before, that should be something in the past. He should not be buried for his life. But, mm-hmm. that, but this is where he is. This is where he is right now. He's, he's a step above the 24-7 title. That's sad. I'm just, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does what the company see in Austin Theory so quickly?
1: That's a good question. I'm still trying to figure out. Um, I know how good of a wrestler he is. I've seen him wrestle and evolve. I know this guy has a lot of potential, and the, the guy scratches. Uh, stuff. I mean, I, I think he just turned 22 last year. They always mentioned that on commentary. So, I I think he's he has a good potential. We have this. We haven't heard him cut any promos, you know, or maybe the exception with what he was doing with Tyler Breeze on XT. So i just like to get to know a little bit more about him because the way he wrestles, the way he cares himself he, he reminds me a lot of Kid Sabian so yeah. I, I need to figure out who he is first before we can uh, see where his potential is at. He's a good wrestler um, I, I think it's interesting, does Lena have some type of deal with William Regal where she can pick out any wrestler from NXT she wants?
0: That's, a like, good, that's, a, that's an interesting point this is not a tag team for the future, right? This is not Garza in theory is just for WrestleMania. This is not for, this is not a, a permanent tag team, right?
1: No, it's not. This is, this is the things you got to deal with. Andrade being Andrade, so he gets suspended. Unfortunately, he got injured right as he came back before WrestleMania. So, uh, it's kind of weird for Selena. I I, I kind of feel bad for her in a way because he's been like in a holding pattern. Because either this dude's getting suspended or he's getting injured a lot so
0: yeah and, uh, and, and what about her uh, what about his you know his uh, spouse to be like Charlotte Flair Andrade is supposed to be the guy but yet Charlotte, Charlotte seems like she's doing well what about Andrade it's kind of strange <laughs> that's kind of strange good to see Tamina out there by the way um Tamina I've been a, a fan of Tamina Snooka and I I know uh, she's been in catering I guess for a, two years seemingly she's been there for a long time. It's mm-hmm. funny when it's funny when Team Bad came together for that one moment with uh, with Tamina Naomi and Sasha right Yes okay when they came together it was just like it, it was a reminder like oh yeah that was five years ago yeah and so and what happened to that? Tamina's just been buried unfortunately. As you mentioned, the SmackDown women's championship match was long. Um, this was any to me this was something to push Lacey Evans a little bit more. And I think she was just okay. I I just, Josh, I just don't know if Lacey Evans I don't know. I just I think that she was pushed a little quick I mean, even in NXT, she did okay. Then she comes to the main roster and it and she goes from a heel to a baby face and it, it it's I told you before it's, it has this steamboat eighty nine feel to it, right? Where Lacey yeah. was getting traction as a heel, and now she's a babyface. You know, bringing her family out there. She's got a husband. She's got a daughter, and so and she fought for this country or whatever the hell. So now, I mean, you know, now she's slaughtered two thousand twenty. I don't I don't I don't understand. Like she was great as a heel persona, not Jeez. that she could work. But she was a great, you know, she had a nice persona, and now she's a baby face, and I just think, I don't know, I when you, when will put it this way, when you're a baby face, you gotta work harder. When you're a heel, you could just you could just bump and feed. And I think Lacey was at least good enough doing that, and now as a baby face, she's gotta work, and I think she's a little exposed.
1: I, I if anything, is showed that, you know, Lacey didn't get her uh, feet under her as a heel even before she turned into a um, Bayface you know there wasn't just there wasn't enough layers to her from a character standpoint to know what she is and what she stands for besides her military background like we don't know that much about her uh, I mean they did like one interview on her with on the bump I think and she was talking about uh, growing up um, with bad parents and a very toxic um, childhood but we never, we never hear talk about it that much on television before she turned into a babyface. Like you said, a lot with, with Lacey Evans been maybe too much too soon. Yes. And, you know, Jay White was able to adapt with that in New Japan, because I know you were saying that things were going really fast for him as well a couple years ago. And he was able to uh, what a fine tune comb, <laughs> figure out what he was going to be in that brand. And... I i th- I just wish we saw a little more of what Lacey Evans was as a character as a heel before this turn, so I agree with you.
0: Um just I just thought that was interesting. The um let me scroll here. Anything else as to <laughs> I mean, like, the Firefly Funhouse, man. The, I mean, to I I don't know, was was that good that's good shit. Did that um was that trending? I think it was for like, Minutes. Oh man, I wonder. I always wondered. I would be the fly in the room to see Vince once he sees the finished product of that because we understand that that John Cena and Bray Wyatt had a lot to do with that Firefly Funhouse, and I don't know what Bruce was going to bring to the table, but it was. But apparently, what he had his final thought. John was like, "No, we're going to do something totally different. I don't know what you're doing, but." We're going to do this. And so, as I mentioned, it was not a match. It's just kind of a happening. But I just, I always wonder what Vince thinks of the finished product. He's, he's got to be, laugh, I, he's got to laugh, he's he's laugh at his parts, right?
1: I, I <laughs> we, we all, we don't know. Vince is probably unique of all unique type of people. So <laughs> the way he could think about something is. Probably more unpredictable than what we initially think at times, you know. Um, I <laughs> you gotta laugh at yourself sometimes, you know. And this uh, impression for the pop events and like I at the beginning part of that uh, that scene is like, do you have enough ruthless aggressions to reach for the stars? And <laughs> I, I guess they're trying to go for like, are you gonna do everything you can to be the face of the company and blah 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 blah. To try to tap into. It? people's behind the scenes perception of John Cena being a Vince McMahon ass kisser you know uh, so I thought that's what they were going for in the beginning and then uh, just how the whole sequence went from going back to Bray's beginning and John Cena's debut it, it, it was really funny uh, I, I, I think the one scene I could have done not without I just don't know what the Saturday night uh, main event tie was for was that to compare him to Hulk Hogan? Was that what they
0: were going I, for? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And by the way, that Saturday Night's main event with the, the the blue big blue cage promos, yeah, best promo Johns ever hit. <laughs> that was a that was a pro wrestling promo. Both of those, two. yes. I was like, wow, this is the eighties. <laughs> That's... Me you, 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 can tell,
1: you can tell you tell while watching this that Cena probably had a blast putting this all together because he was like one of the main creative guys during that um, South Paul Regional Wrestling skits they would put on occasionally. Yeah, so <laughs> it was funny, man.
0: <laughs> I I and uh, I enjoyed. I just think I love to see what Vince thought of that. You know his parts on that and that whole that whole speech where where is that ruthless aggression? Yeah. Um that I think. Vince gave him, told him that. I think that that is something that Vince has told a number of of superstars in that company. It's like you know, I need that especially during that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, that's probably more real than you and I would ever know.
1: Reach for the stars, damn it, wow.
0: I believe it. Yeah, I I believe it. And that uh, and the, <laughs> just seeing, Cena in that uh that outfit, by the way. Uh, uh, that that when he first came on the scene against Kurt Angle, and now yeah, look at him was, now. I mean, he's just it's the same body type. He's he actually stronger now than he was back then. That, that moment
1: happened here. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was in Chicago, right?
1: Yeah, I think I think that was the first SmackDown I went to. Two
0: thousand
1: two.
0: Yeah. I just just to see John Cena. He, Cena was ready to turn heel. He was ready for it, man. There was a point in the middle of his career where, where he was considering it and Vince was like, yes. And and John sprinted down the hallway, uh, whatever building they were in, to try to change the music up and to for him to have his new outfit and everything. And then Vince pulled a plug on it. And you know what that is? That's a lack of creativity, because yeah. if, if John would turn heel and then turn back babyface, it would have been great for his career because at least he was able to dabble into it. But people are hating on John anyway. But here's what's funny. It, it's, it's a, Actually, it's an hour podcast to itself. What if John Cena turned heel? How would that, uh, how would that work? We'd have to look at the rosters and everything else. But, but people were booing John as a babyface. Would they have cheered him as a heel? That's the question. I don't know the answer to that.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you never, you, you always hear the saying, right, in the business or just in life in general, you don't know what, if you don't try, right? You, you never know what could come out of any situation if you don't tap into that. And there's no reason why John Cena cannot be a heel in this era of WWE. And, you know, he was talking about how he's getting kind of tired hearing the current stars complaining about not getting opportunities and all this other stuff that was going on. And, like, you know, we were talking about this because with the story of the fiend, he brings out the evil out of the people he's feud with. He changed Finn Balor from being the regular Finn Balor back to being the prince. Uh, He brought the Miz back to being an egotistical heel, right? Right. He brought Daniel Bryan back to being the indie guy. Uh, If the real John Cena is this heel that we saw during the Funhouse, why couldn't that work?
0: I think um, you need to broadcast that and tag a whole bunch of people because I don't think people see it the way you see it, which I think is very unique and I think it's right people need to I don't think people are digging deep enough to understand what Bray Wyatt has done for other people in the company. I think it's a great point. I think I think that needs to be put out there for everyone to hear. Cuz it's true. I mean you you are on this podcast, but I mean I think I I, I think it's everywhere. I think everyone people cuz it's a great point. I just uh <laughs> I just I'm just looking at this gif of uh, of Cena and it it's it just god man he looks so comfortable. He looks so right as a heel. Mm-hmm. God, it would have been, It just, it just blew me away to see that. oh God <laughs> Almighty, what, what kind of money could have been made with John Cena heel merch? Jeez. I put a, I put a picture
1: on my Instagram. Um, you guys can follow me on there at Joshi Lopez ninety um, four. I put a picture of John Cena dressed up as Hollywood John Cena. He's doing the entrance on a, the Nitro stage. Yeah, <laughs> like you said, it, it looks like it would work well right now.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, man, the the creative outlets and opportunities you can go with this angle or whatever's next that we see for John Cena, it's endless. And I think that's probably the main thing I took away from this Funhouse match is that yeah, the Fiend basically just took out John Cena. So when he comes back, what do you expect?
0: Put <laughs> it like you, you want him out there now. After after that, what happened at the Firefly Funhouse? Right, <laughs> you, and everything's closed down in Hollywood too. You're not making any movies, right? You want him to roll out there now as a heel. You know, it's just like it's like the Cena Army or whatever the hell. And it's like Cena doesn't have to he doesn't have to work every week, but he just have like this group of guys. You know what? That's the you know what that's the um, we just come up with something, that is the answer to Brody Lee, right? Mm-hmm. Brody Lee is 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 say for instance, um, John Cena comes out there and they think it's the same John Cena, and it, it builds every week that John doesn't seem like he's the same, and then John is in a heel starts a heel faction <laughs> <laughs> called, <laughs> called Ruthless Aggression or whatever the hell, right? And but 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 John's kind of like the manager slash. Kind of uh, um, wrestler in that faction. Now, of course, we'd have to find wrestlers that he'd pick, right? Because I don't know. We had to look at like who would be who would be John Cena's first protege if he was a manager in a heel faction.
1: Heel faction. Oh man, would you pick?
0: Would you pluck out Chad Gable? Well, that'd be oh wow. That's a great one out of the top. (laughs) Guy, like, give me all the guys that weren't in WrestleMania. And so that would be one, right? Shorty, yeah. G, Shorty G is um, being underestimated. You know what? Famous. Who else? Famous. They have a history with each other,
1: so that would work. Who else? Oh, man. I like to keep it to three or four guys since Cena's the ring, ring leader, right? Yeah. Um, I could say Ali, but... The only reason I'm saying that is because um, they had, I remember this for WrestleMania 34 a couple years ago, uh, Josh was in the crowd watching Ali uh, fight Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight title, right? Right. And Cena could be like, I saw this town before any of you guys saw it.
0: Ah. All right. So, what's up? So, give us a go through the list now. We got Shorty G, Ali, and who else? Who Who is that?
1: You don't know (laughs) Seamus?
0: Oh, Seamus. Yeah. I guess.
1: I I would say from, like, a big heater guy, they have history with each other with their robbery. Yeah. Based out of respect... Who knows? Like, <laughs> I don't think it's the worst idea to put on there. I, I don't think Roman Reigns is
0: going to be in the fact. <laughs> I, I don't think Roman. No, I don't think he'll be either. <laughs> Sheamus. Sheamus is interesting though. Like, is there a different gear with Sheamus too? Like, like in a in a Cena heel faction? What does that look like? Like Cena. Cena heel faction against Shorty G, Ali, and I. I boy, I mean, you know who'd be good for that? Who? Bad News Barrett. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I like that. I like that as a Cena heel faction. Those guys would be over and they would just like run a rough shot of the company. You could do so much from a production standpoint with that. So it looks different than everything else on Raw and SmackDown. Have it produced. You could really do some stuff there. Make it real dark.
1: Yeah, we got we got a new segment for our show now, hoodie. We bring out the pencils.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Like no more bright colors for Cena. They would all be dark. I think that, that's the other thing with him wearing the NWO stuff because he he's always wearing these gaudy bright colors. And for him to wear something dark would be it, that would just be tremendous.
1: Yeah, and Cena could dust off the old mob suits that he has.
0: Right, like, right.
1: <laughs> cut I the think- hair can wear a, a Al, Al Capone hat if you wants
0: all right John you're gonna do this for for a year 12 months
1: let's see what you really got
0: pal. yeah and then like you know and then like you if you want to add more people add a woman to it you can add a badass woman to it that's undervalued underappreciated <laughs> yeah you could do some stuff with that Liv Morgan Liv Morgan Paul Heyman loves Liv Morgan. There's a clear that's his new Barbie blank. That's that yes. <laughs> I believe that cuz he loved her. More moves. Oh, More. oh yeah, way wow. More moves. Yeah. Liv Morgan. I think we have a good got a good list here. Liv Morgan, Ali, Shorty G, uh Chad Gable and uh Sheamus as the Cena heel faction. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen
1: of the uh, TWT tribe, let us know if you guys
0: would like that faction. <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's good shit. <laughs> well, my friend, um, uh, tell me what's coming up next on the, um, the Hoots podcast. Coming up
1: this Thursday on the Hoots podcast, I'm celebrating 200 episodes of the Hoots podcast. I started this podcast a week after WrestleMania 32 in Dallas and... This podcast has been a uh, passion project of mine since I've been in the industry since 2013, and you know, getting the opportunity to learn the ins and outs of this um, fun and strange and wacky world of media, uh, learn a lot, of course, from uh, Hoodie. And Hoodie was one of my main teachers from the Illinois Center for Broadcasting, now the Illinois Media School, and um, Hoodie is, uh, played a big part of where I am today. So I'm i forever grateful for you, my man, for everything you taught me throughout the years. Um, you know, I I just took this podcast as an opportunity to try something different and bring it to a different realm of wrestling podcasts where most of the shows is breaking down every single segment from Raw and SmackDown. I wanted to add some different elements to it, kind of talk about like what we're just doing right here with the John Cena faction and try to... Tap into the deeper layers of stories that people don't really talk about because there's a lot of things in wrestling that go over people's head because they're focusing on what people are saying on Twitter or other stuff. They're distracted by other aspects of life. Uh, with the opportunity that I have for making transcripts, I can bring these bigger picture thoughts and have some real nuanced conversations about pro wrestling instead of coming on every single week and popping a blood vessel or something that I don't like. You know, so uh, the Who's podcast is. Basically, a podcast about brotherhood. And I bring my friends that I met throughout the years, especially Hoodie. And we just talk about a, a brand of entertainment that we love and we have passion for. And I also talk about mental health. I talk about sports, Chicago sports, and share my love for music. And it's a it's a variety podcast. It's not close to Colt Cabana's uh, intro line for Art of Wrestling not a personal journal in the daily lives of professional wrestlers, but it's a podcast that I'm deeply proud of as I continue on with this transition of my career in professional broadcasting, and uh, the fact that we've been able to reach over a million wrestling fans in the last four years uh, is really humbling. So I thank you guys for the support, Uh, we're celebrating four years of the Who's Podcast coming up this Thursday. It's available on all your favorite podcasting platforms.
0: You can look, but you can't touch. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, again, don't forget to go to prowrestlingtranscriptions.com and uh, Hood and Lopez with you. Thanks so much for downloading Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. So long, everybody. From the Sunshine State. Ah, ah.